Welcome to another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football with Derek, Ian, and Mike. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. Tonight, we're talking trades. We'll discuss philosophy and etiquette, as well as running through some trades we've made this season. After that, we'll get into our three and out live draft with a player pool only made up of players we've traded. Then we'll give you updates on player injuries in pains and gains. And lastly, update you on the current status of the SFL with Devil. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode. And without further ado, speaking of fantasy football. Hey guys, main segment topic of the week. Uh, So most of us, our trade deadline has passed. Uh, The standards generally week 10, week 11 in redraft leagues. Um, The real NFL um, deadline has passed. So we're just going to sort of, you know, look back at our trades and sort of summarize the season um, in in terms of trading, you know, uh, evaluate trade theory, trade etiquette, trade narratives, all that different type of stuff. So uh, so here it is, main segment topic, tools of the trade. I don't understand the point of rebuilding teams, trading rebuilding teams. Like, sure. I'll give you good a couple of good players for, for some of your picks. I'm like, well, that's kind of defeats the purpose, I feel like, for both of us. But Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's one thing to rebuild. It's another thing to just completely offload your team. It's kind of weird. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's um, weird. Yeah, like if you're if you have a, a rebuilding team and your guys are young, you know, then like keep them. I mean, unless you get like a really solid return that you could use and maybe get a better sure. slew later. Like I'm in one league where I have I'm re- I pretty much was rebuilding from the start. I only had like like Nick Chubb and Devonte Adams were really my only good young pieces, and I was like, you know what, let's just sell them. Like I mean, my team sucks. I'm gonna sell them, and now in that league. For next year, I have five first-round picks, four four second-round picks, three third-round picks, and then I have in 2021, I've got four first-round picks. Like, I'm just rebuilding like crazy in that league. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, and I've got some good young pieces, so I feel like that's how it should be. It's like have young pieces and also picks. My biggest thing with trading is kind of like is I just I hate people who come in and completely lowball it. I can't. It bothers me. I can't stand it. Yeah, yeah. I said there's there's theory to not showing your entire cards at one time, but don't come in so low where it's disrespectful. Yeah, I think that's a good good thing to talk about. Um, like to the point where it's like it's so bad that like you don't even want to counter or start a discussion because that's like the, supposed to be the point of a low ball is like, oh, you know, let's get a talk. But if it's so bad that you don't even want to talk about it, then what's the point? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't make a ton of trades because I, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't, I don't feel like I can value play, other people's players for them. So just talking about like I, I think there's it's a good starting point whenever you look at things like um, you know like oh well where did you draft that guy um, but I, I don't know I think people can come kind of take it too far and it really doesn't matter like your the value of a player is going to be based on you know like your team like what you need um, true it's kind of like need it's need based you know and and sure there's a little measure of well, I'm not going to trade him because he's more valuable to my team, but that doesn't mean that it's an unfair trade because of, 
I don't know. I've just seen people be like, well, I took him in this round, so I need you need to give me more for him. But it's like, okay, but yeah, you have you know six other wide receivers, and he's not performing right now. That doesn't mean that I need to pay up for him just because you drafted him. I don't know. I think that people can um, want want somebody to pay for a player, like pay for name value, whenever it's it's really not. That really means nothing, you know, to my team. Yeah. Sure. Sure. A lot of times, obviously, if I'm trying to make the trade, I value that player too. But it's not it's not like I'm not going to pay. Trades need to be fair. That, that, that's, I guess, my main point is that you can't win a trade. People that try to win trades are, are doing it wrong because it should be equitable. Otherwise, nobody's going to want to trade. Like, why would anybody make a trade that they felt like you won? That's good. You know, that's what honestly – kind of drew me to you two a little bit in being in leagues with you guys because most people I'm in leagues with are like oftentimes like pompous dickheads <laughs> they're like they value their players like oh my you know they'll they'll do that thing where they'll say hey I want this guy from you like hey I want Nick Chubb from you and then they're like and they're like I'll give you Will Fuller and I'm like well that's bullshit I don't want that at all and they're like, well, Will Fuller's really, really good. And to be honest, Nick Chubb's going to lose a lot. Of, and like, so you're talking down the guy you want. Like, why would that doesn't even make yeah, sense? That's you're, ridiculous. You're t- the guy you want, you're trying to make it sound like he sucks. And I'm like, that's a really terrible thing. And then talking up the guy, like, I really can't stand when people just, well, if they're so bad, then why do you want them? Yep. Like, <laughs> that's just that just makes sense. You just don't take that tack. You take the, like, Mike, like you said, you, you, you have a conversation about how it helps both teams and you try to persuade them that way and how yeah, it right. makes their team better. That's how I got Barkley from that guy. Like, man, think about it. You're going to, you don't, you're already you have a losing record. You're not looking at a playoff run right now. You're doing so bad. You need players that you can play now. You know, you don't, you can't afford right. to sit and wait for Barkley to come back from injury. You know, so you right. got to talk it that way versus, talking the player down that's just that's no good that's just dumb yeah. yeah agreed yeah and you know that's the kind of the thing that i always look for whenever i'm like even looking to make a trade i look for teams that have holes where i'm strong yeah. like i don't i don't like go and say like oh i want this guy what can i do to make him to get him i'm like okay i need a running back let me find a team that has a running back that also needs you know some position that i have a good player like i can i can actually offer you something Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Makes sense to me. Right. And that, that's what I was saying earlier. It's like trading with you guys. It's like, I mean, you, you know, it's not every time that we've always made good trades, but it's like there's reasonable discussion to where it's like, you know, a lot of times you send a trade offer. Like like you're saying, is if, if someone sends me a reasonable trade offer and I'm kind of in the market, I'll take it. Like I'm not the type of guy that's like, oh, well, his value's a little higher, so I want much more out of it. Like I don't really just it's a good it's a good offer, I'll take it. You know, what's the big deal? Right. Yeah. And yeah. and like it's the same thing where it's like I'm I will I try not to lowball people. I mean, I guess I, I have at points, but nine times out of ten, if I'm sending someone an offer, it's it helps both of us. Right. Like in my mind. I mean it, it might not in the other guy's mind and that you know, that's his prerogative, but my idea of when I send a trade offer I won't hit the send button because if I feel like it's insulting. I agree. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, and I think that a, an important distinction too, though, is like with like there's a difference between end season trading and preseason trading. Because if you're doing end season trading, unless it's like the end of the season or you're rebuilding or something like that, like you're trying to get a valuable asset. Like whereas in the preseason, 
Like, obviously, I may think that this guy's going to blow up this season, but I'm not offering you, like, his ceiling. Like, I'm trying to get him because he hasn't done it yet. Like, and that, I guess that's the difference. Yeah, it's true. That's a good point. <laughs> it's not like, I'm not lowballing you. I'm not like, I don't know something that you don't know, and I'm trying to trick you into, you know, to giving me what I want. But at the same time, you know, like, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm paying less than what he's going to eventually return. Yeah, kind of like also with what you, what you were saying, Mike, too. I was, I was looking back to some of my trades as I was trying to find the player pools and stuff, and there was a couple of my circled that were, like, now after reevaluating, like, clear wins and losses. Like, there was one which I was, like, I felt horrible that I, I traded him for. I mean, in hindsight, I guess it's kind of even, but I got Robbie Anderson, James Conner. I traded away Thielen and Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Robbie's mm. a bit of a bust. But up until two weeks ago, Connor was, you know, pretty decent because Thielen's been with injury and Drake's been a non factor. Right. Man, I feel bad about that one, but that was a preseason trade, you know? <laughs> Where, <laughs> yeah. Like I traded another preseason. I got Kelsey for trading away Ingram and Kirk Cousins to a guy who <laughs> a quarterback and again yeah. I was like man that was like a landslide <laughs> but you never know so yeah, you gotta evaluate it differently between preseason in season right. end of season and then you know then if you so even throw dynasty and redraft into the mix it even gets more complicated especially when you start doing the draft picks which that always kind of <laughs> people value their draft picks differently. I'm not somebody who takes a lot of stock in the, in future and building future draft picks. Cause I'm always in a win now mode. Mm-hmm. When I'm drafting as a man, forget drafting for next year. I'm drafting for now. <laughs> yeah. Right. As a, no, so I'm going to trade away my first and seconds and thirds for the next couple of years to acquire more capital this year. Oh, I'm doing it in a heartbeat. But that's that's really where I am most of the time. Like when I do a startup, I don't ever draft like young guys that are like, oh, they might break out. Like I want guys who are like 29 years old who are still in their pretty much in their prime and I want to win. And then but the thing that really sucks about that, because this happened to me a handful of times, is like a lot of times you'll do that in the in the preseason. And then those guys come in not being studs or like one guy gets one. One guy gets injured or something stupid, and then all of a sudden you're not winning, and then it's like, well, I don't have picks, and now i got to sell <laughs> yeah. these guys who aren't even producing yeah. for picks, which are lesser than what I you know, get, got them for. So that, that always sucks. But, um, but the main thing that really annoys me about draft picks, not just trading draft picks for players, is when you're trading draft picks for draft picks, like when you're in a, a rookie draft, for instance, right? You're, you know, you want to move up in the in the draft, so you know, hey, I'll give you my six pick overall and my, you know, twelfth pick overall for your second pick overall, like things like that. You know, which it, it's you know reasonable depending on what the guy wants, what the team needs. But I really hate when I get a message. It's like, hey, I, I uh, you should trade me you should trade me your pick because the guy that the guy that you probably want, the guy that you probably want, he's, he's probably going to fall. Yeah. Or the guy that you are here, you should, you, you should take my higher pick. Let me give me a bunch of your draft capital for your higher pick because the guy that you probably want, I mean, based on your team, you probably <laughs> want just, just telling me, telling me That's what true. I want 
Yeah, like this happened to me in in that league, the Pokemon league I'm in. This guy was like, "Hey man, uh, you should what you want? Give me this pick because you know I, I you probably want Drew Locke." And I'm like, "I don't want. I hate Drew Locke. You <laughs> you don't know how I feel about Drew Locke. I hate him. He's like my le- he's That's like funny. the least valuable quarterback to me." And I was like, honestly, like, yeah, I know it's a super flex league, but I want DK Metcalf here. And yeah. and that's not even that's <laughs> there it is. That's not even me trying to plug him. Like, that's what happened. And I drafted him and I feel good about it. And it's like, I don't want just because it's a super flex league doesn't mean I'm automatically drafting just any random rookie quarterback. I don't care. I don't I don't like Drew Locke. I'm not drafting him. Don't don't tell me what I want. Yeah. you Yeah. I <laughs> you pretty much summarize that pretty well. Like I do that to I'll try to do it the focus right. extent, but it's only if I'm trying to move up say three four spots and I know a few of the people who I'm drafting with and I know their draft routine normally. Mm-hmm. And like all right, I know if like say you're I'm trying to trade with you Ian and there's two people between you know after you and the two people that I'm trading, you know, after you, I know really well. And be like, hey, I know who they're going to target, and they're one of the people I want. Who are you thinking of taking, Ian? Mm. And if it's a, you know, and I could probably tell you who the other two people are going to take. And, you know, I could try try to spin it that way to a degree. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But trying to push your yourself upon the other manager and thinking they know exactly what they want is just sure. ridiculous. It's their team. They, they, you don't know what they need and what they want. Right. I mean, it's, it's nuts, especially when you're trying to jump rounds. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The fantasy is supposed to be like us, you know, not simulating real football, but like if it's supposed to be like we're managing yeah. a team, like it would be ridiculous if an if an you know, NFL team approached another team and they were like, "Listen, trades you the want draft, this guy, happens, so right. give me this like guy." You know, like that would that never trade, work. Was it two, three years ago? Whenever Mitch Trubisky was drafted, right? <laughs> then I'm not, and it, you know, Trubisky, no one really knew. Like I can say in hindsight, you know, that he sucks, but like at the time, you didn't know. But so. I remember that draft. It was first Browns first overall, obviously. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Um, then no. the 49ers second overall and the Bears third overall. And the Bears traded <laughs> away their draft capital to move up a spot just to get Mitch Trubisky. And it blew me away. I like the only rational, th- the only rational thing I could think was that they wanted, um, like that they were scared that someone else might move up, um, which I guess is possible. But at the same time, I mean, that was the same draft with like Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. So I, I don't think that that was necessarily going to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, like like the 49ers were never going to draft him. Like at the time, they didn't need him. And they still – I mean, they don't now. They didn't then. And it's like, why did you trade up for a guy that you didn't need to trade up for? You lo- They lost like a second-round pick out of it. Yeah. Like – what was the point of that? And yeah. and because then you know the 49ers ended up getting like DeForest Buckner or something, who's a great player, or whoever they got, and they could have gotten the same guy. It's they could have gotten their same guys without trading picks, and so that that's one of those situations where I feel like that might that type of stuff might actually happen in the in the NFL. They're like, hey man, Mitch Trubisky, I don't know, <laughs> trying to psych each other out. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, but there's some truth to that too because I know I'm for a fact, I I, I hate 
trying to wheel and deal future draft picks just because people value them so much differently. But I love wheeling and dealing in tra- like in draft draft picks, and that's probably why I got suckered into so many leagues this year because most of them were startups. Right. Um, and there's definitely been a few where it's I've jumped up two or three spots, and it totally ended up not being worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> back to bite you hard and then you've just screwed your entire team over yeah because you're sitting like two rounds on a pick or something so sometimes it doesn't work so i felt like i have i know the bears pain i have felt like them before <laughs> the, something weird about trading draft picks too and i'm i'm really really bad about this where i'm in the middle of a, of a draft you know maybe a startup draft or whatever and you know in like in the NFL or wherever you are, trading back is almost always the thing you need to do, right? Trading up is not good for your team because it's you're almost always better off taking a chance on two guys than putting all your stock into one guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So tr- sure. trading back is almost always the way to go. Um, but see, the thing is, I'm so bad about that. <laughs> like, like I want to trade back, and I will. And sometimes it'll be to a point where it's like I didn't get the – definitely enough value back but sometimes i like to trade up and i'm like oh man i'm in the middle of the third round and the guy at the the front of the round he's saying he's gonna sell his pick i'm like you know oh i should jump up you know i've got an extra pick that i traded for i should jump up and then i do it and the problem here is that I don't actually see a guy that I want. I just do it because I feel like I should do it because the value, <laughs> the value yeah. is it's the front of the round versus the middle of the round. I did it. You know, I, I did a startup just the other day and you know, mid season. And I did that. I, I moved up from the middle of the third to the front of the third. And I got there and I'm like, I didn't really even want any of these guys that bad. <laughs> and, and then I saw, I saw Matt Ryan there and I was, he has a super flex. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take Matt Ryan here, I guess. And then it got to my pick, and I'm like, you know, these guys probably wouldn't have taken Matt Ryan before it got to me anyway. So yep. why did I even do that? I think I think that's also just a result of especially with the three of us, we're all fantasy heads. And so just like especially, you know, drafting is I've heard it said so many times in fantasy that draft day is, is our Christmas, mm-hmm, you know, like absolutely. it's just dra- drafting in general is just so fun. Like <laughs> we mock draft and, and we, that's the thing we commit more time to than anything else in fantasy is drafts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just exciting to do anything in it, you know, whether it be, we always want to be picking whether if we're not on the clock, we want to figure out a way to get on the clock. <laughs> right. so that that right. kind of comes, comes with that too, you know, and, and we also, we all do this with our main motivation, being because we enjoy it you know like we're not out here like some fantasy sharks trying to like make this into a career or something although that'd be great so it's not like we're also not like analyzing the metadata and like what are the statistics of making this decision we're just like oh man that seems like it'd be cool (laughs) yep (laughs) i i do that a lot in drafting where i'm just like i do want to be on the clock but then i'm like oh i should trade back too and like just just like you're saying just make moves all the time and um but that's the thing too, like like the the topic we're on. It's like drafting is my favorite part of fantasy, but trading is like a really close second. I love the thrill of a trade, and I'll do it just to trade. Like I'm not doing it because sometimes I'm not I'm not doing it even because my team needs it. I'll trade just because it's a fair trade, and I like to trade. And so it's sort of the same thing. Like I'm not even always doing it for this this you know this data purpose for this improvement purpose. I just I love trading. Like, 
I'll do it. I mean, there was a league I was in last year where I traded 25 times in one league. Good gracious. Yeah, and like to the point where I did not have a single player that I drafted on my team by the end of the season. And and I lost. I was terrible. I had like four wins. <laughs> I I was not my team wasn't improving. I just I really like trading. I do, I do too, but I'm not I'm I'm only doing it if it's beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I will do it when it's beneficial like and sometimes see I sometimes I will be strategic about it is I do I do subscribe to the whole buy low, sell high thing. And, you know, maybe I'm not sure. as smart as some people are where it's like when a, when a, a guy's playing super well that's not traditionally playing super well like or, or is like known to be a boom-bust guy like Will Fuller or Aaron Jones type of guy where like, you know, they can have a 40-point game, but then the next week they could have a three-point game. Like right after they have that 40-point game, I'm trading them. Like – I can get a lot of value out of that, or I'll trade for them just before I'll trade. I'll try to get them just before their big game. And it works out for me sometimes. Like I had, so I had a trade in a redraft league. Um, and this was interesting to me for a couple of reasons. I traded, I traded away Alvin Kamara, Ronald Jones and Will Fuller for Aaron Jones, DJ Chark and Cortland Sutton. And early, okay. yeah, it's pretty good. Right. Early in the season, I got mocked relentlessly for that because like I feel like we said at one point is Kamara is a big name value. You don't trade a guy like that. Why would you, you know, I was told that I was fleeced, right? That was the dumbest thing I could have done. And then that same week, Aaron Jones, that was his big insane, like 50 point game. Um, So it's like, it worked out for me, but at the same, and it was, but it was also Will Fuller. You know, I traded him away. It was his huge 50 point game. So I was still, I was still being mocked for it. But the thing was, was that in the end there, like Ronald Jones didn't do anything again until like last week. DJ Chark and Cortland Sutton were top 15 receivers. Yeah. And, right. But they only saw that, oh, Alvin Kamara, he's a top three running back. You're an idiot. And I, I don't understand, like, in general, I'm not the type of person to roast a trade because you never know how the season's going to play out. Kamara's missed three games. Right. I mean, and Aaron Jones, I mean – uh, admittedly, I have traded Aaron Jones away since then because I, I, I'm stupid and trade a lot. But <laughs> but Alvin Kamara, as long like, as you sold him at high, <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I sold him. I sold him that next week. I got him, and then he had the big game, and then I traded him. Like I don't know why. I feel like that was because he could have kept up the value. I just thought you know you know sell high. But but then Kamara, like he didn't play you know, for three games. Yeah. And and DJ Chark and Corlin Sutton are still top receivers. And Will Fuller's hurt too. Like I that's one one reason I don't like to to roast trades is because like I'm saying like buy low, sell high versus, you know, different you know, you know, name value and all this stuff. It's like that means that doesn't mean anything to me. Like if if I can get what I want out of a trade and or if if people want to trade whatever they want to trade good for them. I'm not going to roast them. They can do what they want. Like, cause a, a season could change in a heartbeat for any player. Like even on the guy that it looks like he got fleeced, he could end up with a top receiver and the guy he traded away gets a torn ACL the next week. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I just, I don't see the point in like relentlessly like roasting every trade that happens if it's slightly off, you know? Sure. Yeah. Fantasy is just too unpredictable for all that. 
Um, my thing the I guess the reason I don't trade so much is cause I've just, I've always got like, I don't know. I'd rather sit on what I have than like, <laughs> I'd rather lose with the team I've got than like trade somebody away. And then either the guy I traded away blew up or the guy I traded for bus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like that's, that's what I usually end up doing. Not necessarily because I think that's like a better strategy or anything like that, but just because I'm, this just tends to be my personality. I'm just like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sit with this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of. But I mean, I love trading. I think it's super fun. I just, I mean, I, I've I've had a, a lot of trades. I don't like to make like middle of the pack trades. Like I feel like that's pointless. So if I'm gonna make a trade, I'm targeting somebody that like I really like that I want to have on my team, and those are just harder to make. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm right there with the buy low. I always try to buy low if I can, mm-hmm. and then but the, the selling high. I'm right there with you, Mike. If I. I I'll be the the ding dong who's sitting there writing Fuller every week, saying, "Yeah, he's gonna do it again. He's gonna do it again." <laughs> and he only does it for like two weeks of the entire season, and and then I'm the person who sits stuck holding the bag, kind of, so to speak, because I want to keep <laughs> believing, and I have a hard time selling high because you know you you drafted him for a reason, and you want to believe in why you drafted him. It's just right. I, I have a difficult time selling high. It's something I have not been successful at. I've been pretty good at buying low. Sometimes it doesn't always, always work, but definitely uh, pretty good at buying low where I'm always trying to make moves to fill holes in my team. Yeah. One, one or the other. Selling high, though, is a problem I've got. I've yet to master that one. I think that's the whole thing with selling high is that it's really not something you can master, I feel like, unless there's some like heavy data proving otherwise. But um, But I think it's it's just one of those situations where the the guy could very easily keep playing well. Like, so, I mean, and why, and and so like to your point, why trade away a guy who's doing well? What's the point of trading away a guy who's doing well? I mean, in in theory, it doesn't really even make sense. You know, I mean, in a way, I guess you could, if you're getting like multiple players back and he's like, like if you have Christian McCaffrey, and then the rest of your team is like injured or playing terrible. Like you drafted like OJ Howard and you know, you drafted Big Ben or something like that, and your team's falling apart and he's your only big piece, then sure, you know, sell him high, get as much as you can for him. But like if your team's okay, you know, your team's doing all right and he's playing super duper well, why trade him? Yeah. You know, don't trade away the cornerstone of your team. You know? Right. Don't and that's it. Right, and that's and that's the same thing. Like that, I'm saying I do a, a lot. Is like I'll trade away a guy who's playing really well just because oh, sell high is what you're supposed to do. But if it, like I traded away Kamara and all that, you know, sell high on name value when I was un, I was the only undefeated team in the league at the time. I didn't need to do that, you know. It's right, and so that's you know, selling high is. It's honestly, it's tough to do, and I think I just do it for the hell of it. I don't think I have any rhyme or reason hmm. a lot of times. Interesting. So tell me if you guys think agree with this. I, I find that it's a lot easier to make trades in, um, in like, uh, the leagues that we're in, like the leagues with a bunch of other fantasy guys, than in a home league. Absolutely, hands down. Yeah, because I, I guess my main thing is I feel like people don't, um, I don't want to say don't care, but like I don't know that that's kind of the two the two schools that I see is like people that are just not at all paying attention, or they're like 
I don't know. They just have crazy opinions yeah, no. about yeah, yeah, about players. I play more than yeah. one to two home links a year, and shoot, probably ninety percent of those people play in only one or two leagues every year, and mm. they don't follow it. They're not fantasy geeks, for the lack of a better term. Like a lot of the people that we play with in our leagues on Sleeper and stuff. Right, or they just like know the players that yeah. you know went to the college that they like. Exactly, or it's, like, oh, yeah. or it's just name recognition. Oh, I can't trade Hopkins because it's DeAndre Hopkins, even though you're offering them a wonderful deal or something like that. But mm-hmm. no, I've I'm like I see what you're saying about like trading. The only advantage I see to home leagues trading for me is that I like to consider myself somewhat of like a decent salesman, and that like. I know these people personally to where like I see them in person and then I'm just constantly talking them up and talking, you know, yep. talking them into trades. So, cause like you guys, I can message you all day, but I mean, it's not the same as like someone, you know, you know, their personality, you know, their team, you know, like their, what NFL team they like and what NFL team they don't like. And just things like that, yep. where the, the one of the only leagues I've ever won the championship in was a home league where I, I had a good team anyways. Like I had David Johnson. This was 2016. So David Johnson's huge year. LaShawn McCoy was also doing well that year. And I traded for him. And then I also had Greg Olson who was doing really well. And I just, all these people I knew, I kept just pushing and pushing and selling like just big selling points. And I kept getting, they, they weren't like obnoxiously lopsided, but it was to the point where I could convince them like these people that I knew well to make sure. a trade that wasn't necessarily in their favor because I just feel like I could get into their good graces enough to do that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I just, but with these other guys online, half of them are, you know, big timer. Like they only, you know, they only, <laughs> they have to win every trade. Yeah. They, you know, type of guys. And they're just, all they ever do is talk about the, how great their team is in another league and check out this sweet trade I made. And it comes down to like, like guys like that. It's hard to trade with them because they, they want to win the trade and, right. and in dynasty, especially and guys that you've never met. It's like, you, it's hard to convince those guys to actually make a reasonable trade. Um, the only other thing I think I want to mention about trading is that, is like yeah, you know, I think we might have mentioned lowballing a little bit. Is that lowballing? You know whether it's like a, a buy low or anything, just lowballing at all sucks. Like I, you know, it's understandable. You know, you don't want to give away your hand. Like, you know, that's that's Derek says that a lot. It's like you don't want to give your hand away at at first. You know, you want right. to you know hold on to your cards. You know, you don't necessarily have to give away everything if you don't. You know, why if you don't have to, why would you? But at the same time, you know, there's those insulting low balls. It's like sometimes I feel like people don't realize too is is I, I feel like this is some of the most insulting low ball offers is when you've got like a stud running back or something, and then someone says, Oh, well here, let me give you four bench players. Oh, uh, I hate it. It's the worst. Right. Can't and I'm like Yeah, and I'm like, bro, that's not just because there's four players, like those four players combined equal the same amount of points sure but that's not how value works and 90 of the like, time right. those four players combined don't even equal the same value as the player they're trying to hit <laughs> right it, it, it's 
not a fair trade in any way. And I, I don't even know that they even see that. I think that they see maybe, oh, well, you know, I've got, you know, all four of these guys combined equal 37 points uh, a week. And, and your guy only gets 25 points a week. Well, like, yeah, but I can't start all four of those guys. Like, that's it doesn't matter what they do together because I can't start all four of them. Why, can't, why wouldn't I start one guy who puts up that amount of, po- amount of points? Yep. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's in a logical trade. And I don't know that everyone – I don't know if it's always meant to be like a lowball offer, you know, like, ha-ha, I won this, or if people actually think that that works, like that that is a fair trade. But I hate it. That's something I won't eat. <laughs> That's something I won't even, like, entertain with, like, a counter most of the time because, like, there's clearly not going to be a – a good dialogue with that. Like you're just going to, cause you don't, we don't value players the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think, yeah, I think uh, for, as a rule, generally for me, I'd rather get the better player than like a bunch of players because it's not actually a one for four. It's going to be a four for four. Cause you're going to have to drop people yeah. to take that mm-hmm. trade. So it's, you're actually trading four players for four players. You're not trading one player for four. Sure. Yeah. And you have to, and you have to uh, figure out like, are the three guys you have to drop? Would you would you even want those four new players over the three you'd have to drop anyways? Like right. if it's that equal in value, like on the bottom end, why do it? Like if like if those four guys are about the same in value as three guys you'd have to drop, what's the point of making that trade? Yeah. And like like you said, the only time, and I agree with you for the most part, is that you know if you get the best player in the trade. You know, that's typically the way to go. The only thing, the only reason I wouldn't is, like I said earlier, is like if you have a bad team and like that one guy you have that's got a lot of value could get a lot of good pieces back. That's the only reason I would do that. Like I'd give away Christian McCaffrey for like Le'Veon Bell and Cortland Sutton and such like in redraft, you know, I'd get like three or four solid-ish players out of it just to get my team back on track as because why start one guy if your team's sure. if your team's going to lose with him yeah that's true right all right week 10 three and out recap um it's really similar to recent weeks for some reason i don't know why this keeps happening but uh, mike and Derek. Their teams were really close in points. It was a two-point differential. Derek had 76. Mike had 74. It's also really similar because I won again. I know. I I sound like a, a jerk, but, I mean, I feel like I deserve a little bragging rights. I think I've won, like, three weeks in a row. feels good, you know? So, uh, just I guess a big shout-out to Mark Andrews having a big week. His, uh, you know, six catches, 53 yards, two-touchdown game really put me over the top there. Uh, without that, if I'd have had one of his more recent five-point games or whatever, I would have obviously lost by a good bit. So very stoked about Mark Andrews, stoked about my whole team scoring over 12 points each, no single-digit players. So feels good. And now we're going to move on to the uh, three and out for week 11. All right, guys, time to move into this week's three and out. Um, you know, our main segment topic of the week was trading, you know, the trade deadline has just recently passed. So we kind of, uh, off the air, we reassessed a bunch of trades that we did during this season, maybe some in the preseason. And so for our draft pool, what we did was we took all the players that we may have traded away or traded for, 
and those are the guys we're going to be drafting right now. So, uh, first on the clock is Mike, and you're up. Yes, sir. Um, So, as usual, I am looking at the pool of players because I want to see what I think I can get away with in the other in the positions and it's the smallest position <laughs> this is <laughs> devil this is for you is tight end um i'm not saying that's where i'm going but you know i wouldn't blame me if i did um, <laughs> so i'm looking at the quarterbacks that's the next smallest list um and i think i could i think i could make do with with a guy in that in a quarter in the quarterback list so i i think i will uh, go ahead and go with a tight end, and I'm going to grab Travis Kelsey, who's probably been on my team enough for Dang. it to be a regular league. Somehow yeah. I was hoping he would fall to the third pick. That was probably dreaming. Come on, man. You know, Mike, there's no way the pick that you want will ever fall. <laughs> Especially not if it's a tight end. Me many times. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I'm looking at this list. And I've had to, in recent weeks, teach myself that the way I draft, it's not just a matter of my philosophy. Now I have to factor in Mike's philosophy because (laughs) Mike will do this thing. He'll look around at the draft board ahead of time like some freak and think, oh, I know I can I can wait till the last round. You guys already have your running backs. I'm like, well, that is really smart. So I got to try and get in Mike's head, too, before I draft. So, okay. Um, so I need to look at the second smallest list <laughs> or something, <laughs> right? Um, hmm. No help from me. Uh, no, God, I'm in my own head now. I think, <laughs> okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draft. Just go best player available. We We all know you love I, that. I love oh BPA oh my god was it DK nothing. Metcalf for you then oh is he on here oh there he is baby <laughs> all right um, no I'm gonna go with Josh Jacobs <sighs> specific You're only because thanks man so my big thing with that is that I like most of the running backs okay but I feel like even though Kamara's on the list I feel like the way Latavius Murray's been playing and you know coming off that that ankle sprain. I just think Jacobs is like kind of far and away the top running back on the list, so I kind of want to get him out of the way. So that's yeah, my that's pick. pick, Josh Jacobs. Also, don't take DK because they're on by. Oh, hey, oh well. I left him in the draft pool. My bad, boys. DK Metcalf is so good, he would still score points on a bye week. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm glad you're leaning into this. I love it. He is. He really is my favorite player in the league. I don't. He's just. He's an interesting guy to me. I really like him. All right. You know, well, this is not normally in our in our wheelhouse, but last night I was really enjoying watching Jadavian Clowney play. He's just such a huge person. <laughs> yeah, Clowney's a and huge he, guy. He's really good too. Yeah, like that blows my mind. Like I don't know what it is the Texans were thinking. Like, oh, we we'll figure it out. We'll just trade him away. It's like, man, just. Imagine if they kept that pass rush. I mean, my goodness, but whatever. All right. So my decision then for me is I'm looking at running backs as well, hoping 
was hoping the game would not have taken Jacobs, and I was going to grab him for sure. Um, so I think I'm going to – I'm down between grabbing Marlon Mack or Alvin Kamara, I think. And my my head tells me to make the smarter pick and go with Marlon Mack, who has the easier matchup. However, Kamara can't do what he just did last week again. So I'm going <laughs> to take the risk and grab Kamara against a little bit harder run defense and the Bucks for pick number three. And then, oh, I get to go again. Wasn't prepared for that. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> given the fact that – oops, wasn't paying attention to that one – that the uh, – Draft pool is so shallow, and we've already missing a tight end. I think I'm gonna have to go grab a tight end, and with Kittle probably being out, Walker, who knows if he's returning? Old man Olson's been on a bit of a tear here recently. So who does he have? Atlanta? Yes, I think I'm gonna go with Greg Olson, number two off the board for me. I don't think you'll hear that too often in the next year or two. As there long you as go. Around. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to look at a matchup. Oh, you know what? Oh, Mike, you've, you've taught me well. So I was just about to say, oh, let me, let me look at these tight end matchups. I'm going to grab one. But you two already have tight ends. That's I true. don't need to do that. I can That's wait. True. And given the fact of the tight ends that are remaining, the likelihood that one of the two of us is going to take one of our flex spots pretty slim this week. <laughs> right. And there's yeah, a last bunch week of, we were forced into that. <laughs> yeah. There are a bunch of receivers and a bunch of running backs on this list that are definitely valuable flex spots. So, you know what, Mike? I'm not going to take a tight end right now. Oh, he's there you go. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh, it, feels, it feels really good. <laughs> uh, I am going to go receiver so i can get on top of that before you guys hop into it um and i'm gonna check two quick matchups so who in the heck are the texans playing it looks as though they're playing baltimore that's okay that's rough um (laughs) and then the broncos so sounds like you guys probably know who i'm talking about here the broncos are playing oh god (laughs) the vikings the vikings that sucks too well i guess the the viking oh the vikings aren't as you know what the Vikings didn't really do super well against the, the Cowboys the other day. You know what? I'm going to do Cortland Sutton. Boom. All right. All right, Mike. That's me on the clock twice. Um, so I have a guy that I'm really glad made it to me. Now, he is – you guys both have taken running backs, but like you said, Ian, we do have flexes. And there's a lot higher chance of you guys grabbing a second running back than there is tight end. So I'm going to start off with uh, James Conner because I think that, I mean, he's going to be back this week. He was a full participant in practice. Um, Just, I think that's an easy pick. Um, My next up, I'm going to stay in this headspace and I'm going to grab my flex. Uh, Well, No, I'm not going to do that. I think that with wide receivers, generally, you have better upside. Whether or not, you know, I think running back is one of the most, is if not the most important position in fantasy. Generally, you can take a flyer on a wide receiver, and they have a chance to do just as well. Um, 
just because receptions are just worth more, especially in PPR. But, you know, obviously you have to be down the field to catch the ball. I mean, some people can prove otherwise, but, but generally it's going to be positive yardage if a receiver makes a catch, whereas a running back could touch the ball and go for a yard or go for no yards. So um, I am okay with my flex being a wide receiver and having to pick one now. So I think I'm going to go wide receiver. I talked myself into it. Um, <laughs> after all that. <laughs> yeah, after all that. And I am going to grab – Man, I, I just can't pass up the the production that they've been having. I'm going to grab Godwin against the Saints because, uh, I mean, man, the, it's I a divisional matchup. It's a divisional matchup. They always play hard, and I mean, top five in wide. I mean, top five wide receivers in fantasy right now. The Bucks have two, so I'm going with Chris Godwin again. I'm not going to lie. The wide receiver matchups this week are horrendous. They're yeah. all playing pretty tough defenses everywhere on this list. Yeah, I've, I've been – all the top guys, the guys that I was wanting, like I've been checking these matchups as you guys are talking. Me and too. They're rough, man. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a rough week for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just I just checked Diggs. I mean, they got the Broncos, which means he's going to be up against Chris Harris, depending on Thielen playing. Um I also found out there's apparently someone named Reginald Diggs in the league. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, God, these these are tough. Um, and like you were saying, Mike, for whatever reason it is, I just personally, I'm so I, – I like to almost always go wide receiver in my flex spot. Um, that's, just, that's just how I play it. It, it just feels yeah. – it, it feels safer to me for some reason. Like it just feels like – there's that upside, and it almost feels like there's a floor, even though a running back technically would more often have a higher floor, I guess, just because, you know, they are going to get touches. You know, you can get targets all day, but that doesn't mean you're going to get catches. Um, but for whatever reason, I just feel – I always feel more comfortable with a, a wide receiver in my flex. Um, and now here's someone I just saw who has a pretty good matchup. And Don't you do it. I don't know – what you're talking about, Derek? I, you know, I, I'm gonna go Curtis Samuel. All right. Yeah. Um. He, they're playing the Falcons this week, and um, you know, the Falcons defense is trash. Um. And Curtis Samuel, he's been fine. You know, he's been a a wide receiver too for the most part. He's had some lower ish games, but he's had some sixteen twenty point games. And I think you know, Atlanta. Their defense is trash, and it could be a shootout too with with Atlanta's offense. So I'm I like Samuel yeah. here. So that's my hope for my wide my my wide receiver pick here is that Watson's gonna have to be throwing his butt off to keep up with that high powered Baltimore offense. So mm. even though their defense is pretty rough, not worrying about Watson's points. I just need Hopkins to get some points. So, and I think he's going to get some because I actually I think Earl Thomas is uh, questionable this week too, which helps the case a little bit. So, going to get me some yeah. D-hop. Um, one thing about that, Derek. One of the only reasons I didn't touch him, not only because now that I've already clicked the draft button. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm not telling. I'm not giving you any help. <laughs> but it's not. You know, he's going to be playing up against some really tough uh, corners. But also one thing that I saw too is that Will Fuller's practicing this week, and when the when the Texans have every, all their receivers healthy on the field, Hopkins targets go down. So 
you know, you know. Yeah. just uh, just that something to think sense. about. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that one. Sure. Um. So then, uh, yeah. Well, that just yep. <laughs> Bubble popped on that one. Um, he could still be good. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's something to think about. So then, I'm going to go with one of the hopefully better matchups off the list uh, and play a matchup wide receiver this time. And I know Indy's decent. Indianapolis' defense is pretty good. But I'm going to go and grab DJ Chark. I think it's like the fifth time I've drafted him in this <laughs> series for some reason. <laughs> and he usually at least always gets me a handful of points. So I'm going to go with yeah. him for my flex. I didn't realize he was on our list. See, I'm seeing a guy named Shark. <laughs> oh, that's a typo. My bad, boys. <laughs> <laughs> right. No uh, way. Didn't okay. do that intentionally. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's funny. see. I'm going to go. I'm still going to wait on tight end. I see no point yet. So I'm going to go with. Uh, let's check a matchup. That's what I feel like half of our time drafting is. Um, let me check this. As long as you talk about your Actually, reasoning. You know what, Derek? I'm not going to look the matchup. Who are the Cowboys playing this week? You're going to put me on the spot, aren't you? Detroit. They're playing yep. Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Dak Prescott will be my pick. Mm. Man, I was just. And I knew that because I was just looking up Dak's. I was as well. Because <laughs> for Dak... some reason, I was thinking they had New England this week, but it's week 12. I forgot Detroit was between them. Yeah. And that's. That feels good to me. I wanted to, you know, like, like Mike always does, is I thought about grabbing a tight end, but it's like, you know what? I get the top pick of quarterbacks. I'll get tight end last round. And you know what? I think I think Prescott has the most upside of all these guys. I mean, I guess I guess technically Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan have that too. But when, uh, Dak has high upside and he's consistent, so I like that pick Correct. a lot. Agreed. Okay. Well, um, then I will start off this turn with my quarterback, who I really did. I wanted Dak. He was he was my choice. Um, and while there's part of me that really wants to take cousins just because you know he's just been doing well lately that I don't I don't like that matchup playing the Broncos so I am going to try to double down on my see there's the you know you could you could spread your points out but I'm gonna actually try to double down on my on my stack here and I'm gonna grab James Winston um to try to get those Godwin points doubled up Mm. um and then after the turn I am going to try to mitigate my losses here and see if I can steal some points from Ian and I'm going to take Michael Gallup as my flex play. Ooh. Oh, saucy. Look at that strategy. Yeah. Cause this, I mean, it's only, you know, the format is only the three of us. Um, so it's not like I have to beat a whole league right there. I can, I can take out a third of, you know, a third of you guys's points. Not exactly that, but yeah. Now you had me looking at the draft board to see who the other possible combinations there are. <laughs> right. Um, I'm looking at one thing. Now, this isn't necessarily a matchup that I'm looking at here. It's a different sort of – it's kind of a reverse. I'm looking at how tight ends have done against New England this season. So there haven't been a lot of solid tight ends play against the um, the Patriots. I just looked at the whole list. It was pretty – Pretty low, pretty bad. Mark Andrews was among them. Evan Ingram, 
Um, but the most, most of them were pretty bad in general. Um, the, all the decent ones like Ingram and Andrews, Ingram was out that game against New England and Andrews didn't play well. So I don't know if I want to start Ertz. That's what I was really looking at is the the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Patriots and I really was thinking about Ertz and I did all this research and now I'm probably not even going to take him. <laughs> now, you know what? You know what? Screw it. I'm going to take Zach. I'm, it's upside. I'm, I'm taking Zach. Oh. I'm, I'm wasting your time too much. All right. And I'm going to close this off. <laughs> I am not going to pick Cousins against Denver either. Not loving that matchup. Dak is gone. Baker doesn't have a good matchup either, if I remember right. Does he not? Oh, wait. They're playing the Steelers. They're playing the Steelers. Playing the Steelers. Yeah. Their defense have been on fire. And even though I think Darnold has the best matchup of all of them, I believe, right? Am I? Who are the Jets playing? Am I mistaken? They're playing Miami. That's either Miami no, or Washington. the Redskins. They're playing the Redskins. Ooh, They're playing that, the Redskins. That's a good matchup. And he just, he did just have a really good game against the Giants. But, but is he going to see ghosts again? That's my question. I yeah, guess. I don't know, guys. The Jets are <laughs> The Jets are in trouble. I think the Redskins win this week. I do too, honestly. So I think I'm even though Matt Ryan's got a little bit of a tougher matchup, I'm gonna have to stick with it. I know Hooper's not gonna be in, and Freeman's probably not gonna be in either. But he's. I think Matt Ryan's gonna at least give me at least 15 points, maybe. I think Ryan. He's he's one of my my preferred fantasy quarterbacks. All right, so that's another divisional game. So I mean, I'm sure every every. Uh, Every division feels this way, but at the NFC South, we we play each other hard. So, the Bucks and the the Falcons, I think that's going to be a high scoring game. Yeah, neither of them has a great defense. The Bucks defense has been better, but neither of them has a really great defense, and they both have gunslinging quarterbacks. So, very true. All right, well that wraps up another three and out draft. If you boys want to recap, Mike, we'll start with you. Yeah, so I got Travis Kelsey, James Conner, uh, Chris Godwin. James Winston and Michael Gallup for my flags. Um, I got uh, Josh Jacobs, Cortland Sutton, Curtis Samuel as my flex, Dak Prescott, and Zach Ertz. All right. For me, I've got Alvin Kamara, Greg Olson, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Chark in my flex, and Matt Ryan. Cool. Some solid well, teams, boys. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they look good. I mean, we had a pretty decent pool, but I mean, really digging through it and matchups and everything. Our teams. They look a little more even than they have the last couple of weeks. But but again, though, uh, you know, as I said in the recap a minute ago, um, even the the best, the team with the most votes, you know, the team who everyone just saw is like, man, look at these studs, hasn't even won the last two or three weeks. So yeah. it's, it's not always just like who actually – who has the best looking team. It really, like, as with fantasy, it's who actually ends up with the most points. So it, it – doesn't right. matter how how good the team looks. It's you know, I mean that should go without saying, but no, absolutely, you know, no, hundred percent. Yeah, um, but yeah. So, so I'm gonna take this info. I'm gonna share it to Twitter. Let you guys vote on our poll. Um, who you think will have the the best team this week? And it's a lot closer than usual. I hope the votes are closer. Um, and our Twitter handle is. SOFF podcast. Find us on there. It's a lot of other fun stuff. You know, I spend a lot of my time tweeting. Um, 
you know, I get in a lot of little, little Twitter beefs with nerd, with other Twitter fantasy nerds. So follow us for the fun content too. Um, and uh, we'll see you guys next week for the this week's recap. All right, everybody, we're going to move into our pains and gains segment tonight. Um, not a lot this week, kind of like last week, but a couple big name folks that we need to pay attention to. Um, probably the biggest one is Tyler Lockett um, went out. I didn't catch it. I think it was what, right before overtime, right at the start of overtime. Um, in Monday night's game, they're calling it a lower leg contusion. Uh, the initial reports come out of it, it was that it was pretty severe due to a lot of swelling, but then some other reports came out today where it's not as severe. So they got a bye week coming up. Um, keep an eye on them. Um, kind of stinks because, I mean, I feel bad anybody got injured, but I was licking my chops because I grabbed Josh Gordon off of waivers in my big home redraft league, and I was hoping to uh, – be able to use him fully uh, following their bye week. But, um, yeah, I'm not so sure now. So just keep an eye on that one. Um, definitely would be an upgrade to Gordon and DK Metcalf if Lockett was to miss some time. Um, and then surprise, surprise, guess who got injured again this week? Brita. Go figure. Um, <laughs> seems like every other week he's on the injury report. So keep an eye on that one. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, we're tracking a rib injury. Doesn't seem significant, but you never know. Um, Brandon Cooks already ruled out for week 11 with his percussion issues. Chris Herndon had a very short-lived season. And <laughs> is, uh, I, actually, I think they threw him on IR this today um, with a red fracture. Um, might, maybe not IR, but at least out for several weeks. Yeah. If anything. No, he's, he's on IR. Is he? Okay, I, I, I thought yeah. I read that somewhere, but I didn't, I didn't note it down. Um, then the other probably big Big two out of the week is Austin Hooper, you know, one of the top tight ends in the mm. league, if not ranked number one going into last week, has a knee issue. Don't think he's been ruled out yet, but definitely not looking good. Um, and then Devonta Freeman, foot injury. They're already, I, again, I don't think he's got the official out designation, but it's already, the reports are looking like he'll be out for a couple weeks. Um, so two big Big hits to the Falcons' offense there. Not that it was really helping them any because their offense has been atrocious, but as standalone value in your fantasy teams, probably some some, some scrambling going on, especially with bye weeks this week too. Um, anybody I missed on that one, guys? Think think of anything that I left out? I think it's interesting that you said that's a big hit to the Falcons' offense and they just beat the Saints. <laughs> I know. <laughs> bit of a, Bit of an oxymoron on that one, but it's it's just funny because you know they lose these two playmakers and they still beat the Saints, who were obviously heavily favored going into the game. Which, like Mike said earlier, they play hard. You know, in yeah. in, in division games, so anybody that any any division really, you know, they don't study they study anybody as much as they study their division rivals. You know, that's across the league. Just because you play them more than once, you know you're going to play them. You know, yeah. it's just. It's super important, so you can make the playoffs and everything like that. So that's always – I mean, I don't know about – anytime we're playing one of our division rivals, I'm always like, we could lose this game. But that definitely was a uh, – that was a weird game, man. I, I don't I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Just – it didn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. I saw – I did see somebody make the joke um, that, you know, like what it cost us to – LSU to beat Alabama was that the Saints were going to lose to the Falcons. <laughs> ah, nice. That's pretty good. 
But uh, go Tigers, man. That was that was a good win. <laughs> God, that was a good game. I'm so glad LSU won. Me too. I mean, and just just to confirm for everybody in who's in Dynasty right now, Joe Burrow is going to go first overall in the NFL draft, regardless <laughs> of team, because Joe Burrow is badass. <laughs> yes, he is the man. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow. I've had some friends tell me, that he's overrated, he won't do anything against the the Crimson Tide, and I bet all those guys ten bucks that LSU would beat him. And guess what? Now I have thirty dollars. Nice. <laughs> Sorry so, for the distraction there, everybody. <laughs> no, hey, no, Joe Burrow is he's worth talking about. Um, but uh, so the the other one I, I guess I want to talk about um, was Tyler Lockett, and the only reason I want to talk about him is because. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter earlier today. I think it was a response to Adam Schefter's tweet um, about Tyler Lockett is I'm pretty sure it's like some well-known like leg doctor or something like that. Um, uh, I guess like a sports doctor. I don't remember his exact qualifications, but the guy made posted some video talking about the um, the injury itself and saying that the type of injury he had and the what they were talking about happening to him with the swelling and everything. They said that he's lucky he didn't get his leg amputated wow. or something crazy. Like they said it was like really bad and that they're like, he's lucky he got to the hospital when he did and got it taken care of because it was like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Zach Miller, like, oh, if you didn't, if you didn't get it taken care of, you're screwed. You lost a leg potentially. So that's, I mean, that's big, obviously. I'm going to I mean, look for that. I'm curious now. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Like, I, I'd, yeah. I'd love to have the exact, you know, medical diagnosis or whatever. But I mean, it sounds really, really bad. And Pete Carroll, you know, he's the type of guy to kind of exaggerate both ways, where it's like his players, you know, my players are the best players and they're great. And look at this guy coming; he's playing amazing in camp. And you know, coach speak. And then the other way around, it's like, oh, it's looking pretty severe. But when you see leg contusion. It's like it's a bruise, man. Shut up. But then <laughs> he goes to the, but then he goes to the hospital and swelling and then this friggin' famous leg doctor's like, Oh yeah, man, he almost had his leg cut off. Like that is I guess pretty severe. I mean Yeah. Jeez. Did you guys and, know that Pete Carroll's sixty eight? Did not know that. I don't think I did. But and you know it's, <laughs> it's he's um it's funny, a couple years ago I thought Pete Carroll was probably the second best coach in the league. Um, I thought right behind Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, I thought he was such a – with the way his defense was playing and everything. And now the way he's running that offense, that's – I mean, I know they won. I know they beat the undefeated 49ers. But I cannot stand the way he runs that offense. <laughs> it changed so that's much funny. for me. I used to love and think he was so great. Now I hate – I can't stand him. But, you know. <laughs> Let's we can we can move on to other things. I, just, I keep I, I keep throwing these little comments in there that set Ian off. <laughs> hey, I got I got a lot to say. It's a good thing I'm running the Twitter because I'm I got a lot to say. <laughs> oh my One of those nights. All right. Well, real quick, we'll hit the games discussion. Only two that I really want to talk about tonight is uh, you know speaking of tight end issues because I didn't mention it earlier, but Kittle got banged up too. So keep an eye on that one. Or not got he didn't get banged up in the game. He got hell out of the game, I believe. Right? Am I talking nonsense or am I yeah. correct? Okay. No, he got <laughs> he, he got hurt in practice, so All he missed the game. Getting players mixed up in my own head. Um, 
yeah, so keep an eye on that one. But Delaney Walker's hoping to be back this week. Um, and before he went out, you know, he was doing pretty good. Um, so keep an eye on that one. And then James Conner, I think he's logged two full practices now. Um, so should be back for Thursday night's game. So a sigh of relief for some folks in that one. Um, and the other one I just wanted to ask you guys about. Did, I stumbled across an article today. I don't know how I did it because <laughs> it's a completely random source and website. Um, but Amazon's own Jeff Bezos is wanting to own an NFL team. And there's some rumor linked to the Redskins because he'll help them get a new stadium. I mean, what kind of, that's crazy. <laughs> I, then I saw Dan Snyder <laughs> tweeted back out that it's complete garbage. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's some truth to that. I mean, how, what would you guys see? I mean, would you rather have a drone bringing you your beer and popcorn? <laughs> or would you rather, you know, if you're one of those guys stuck like halfway down the row watching 30 other people fondle your Bud Light coming towards you from the beer man. I mean, I don't know. I'd kind of like the drone delivery personally. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I, I want to know if I would get a discount for being a prime member. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Honestly, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, Dan Snyder, from what I understand is a pretty terrible owner. You know, I mean, you look at all those injuries going on with the Redskins and the complications yeah. with those injuries. They do not give a shit about their players. You know that. You know, uh, Trent Williams, yeah, Darius guys, Bryce, Bryce Love. I mean, those guys should have been healthy forever ago. And they're, you know, the organization does not seem to give that much of crap about their players. But honestly, if I saw that the owner of Amazon was buying my team, I'd want to get out of there the second that that because. You think Jeff Bezos has ever given a crap about his employees? You ever look <laughs> at the stuff that Amazon does to their employees with, like, work conditions and everything? They're going to be worse. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, maybe Bezos is the type of guy who will just put his money into making it a good-looking organization, you know, get him, getting him to win to, to maximize the profit. But And maybe it's only going to be, like, the stadium guys and the towel boys who are getting terrible working conditions. But the way I see it, if I'm if I'm already dissatisfied with the conditions as a player, I'm getting out of there if Bezos is my owner. Interesting, <laughs> interesting take. For sure. Always always yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> that's too funny. All right. Well that's our pains and gains for the week. Um, just a reminder for those of you who aren't paying attention, which by now, God, I hope you are. The Packers, the Giants, the Seahawks, and the Titans are on by this week. So pay attention to that when you're setting your lineups along with the injury reports as they roll out. And uh, have a good, good week and good luck, everybody. All right, everybody. Welcome, Devil, back to the show uh, again for another weekly segment of your SFL. Uh, again, the SFL is the Sleeper Fantasy League hosted over on SleeperBot, 200-plus uh, teams in there. And an alphabet soup of leagues, and the object is to be the best you can be to get up to League A. Um, and when you're ready, Deeb, we'll take it away and let us know how we did this week. Good day, guys. This is the uh, Week 10 update. The league averages, the league's average score for all leagues was uh, 106.4. Yeah, down some. Yeah, you could uh, base your performance on that or, or not. As long as you win, that's all that matters. Yeah, at this stage. Yeah, at this stage exactly. Yeah, the uh, percentage uh, differences uh, about forty-one point four percent. 
the score difference is was 31.2% between uh, all the leagues and all the teams. Yeah, not bad. So not too bad. The narrowest victory came out of League P. Sportsing went up against Sammy Can 22. They had a difference of 0.34 points. Wow, a good one. Yeah, the scores were 123.92 to 123.58. That's uh, 0.3% differences. Those hurt. Yeah, I think I'd rather a blowout than a a close match. I had a few close matches this weekend. Yeah, I had to turn the TV off on the Monday night game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people probably did. Yeah, that last catch from Hollister is what what clinched it. I was 0.5 points away from, uh, from clinching and... He just needed uh, one reception with positive yards to, to beat me and got, got four yards on the last drive. <laughs> That's okay. We move on. <laughs> so the biggest blowout came out of League P as well. They've been, wow. uh, they've been busy. Going to get a few more, or at least one more mention after that. Uh, so your boy Ethan scored 95.68, and he went up okay. against Alu... A-L-A-U-10. Nice. Uh, he scored 28.28 points, which is Ouch. also the lowest score of the leagues. That might be the lowest score ever, ever yeah. this year. Yeah, he had a rough <laughs> rough week. And the percentage difference was two, uh, 238.3% difference, which wow. I think is the highest I've seen on here. Wow. Yeah, That's it's, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's Again, a present for trying, something anyway. <laughs> exactly. Well, the bye week. It, it seems like uh, when you get a losing shout out on our on our podcast, things it turn around. Seems so. to turn things around. So here's uh, five more to turn things around for. So obviously the uh, top mark went to uh, League P. Aforementioned Alou. I can't pronounce your name. I apologize. A L A U ten twenty eight point two eight points. Number two was Burn All the Shoes from Lee K. <laughs> Great, Great name. Yeah. He scored 35.8 points. Rhino out of League W scored 45.42 points. Dante's Inferno out of League N scored 45.46 points. And number five went to GSBX out of League G who scored 54.32 points. Mm. Definitely some low ones this week. Yeah. Again, uh, use that as, as inspiration. It worked for a few others. Maybe it'll work for yep. you guys. Highest scores of the league. I uh, do believe number five went to Dilly Dilly 21 out of League G. Nice. He scored 162.52 points. Ooh, are you starting the 160s? That's been a good week. It was a really, really good week for some and bad week for others. Uh, league B... Came in at number four, Fire Guy scored 162.64. League W, Damanis 54 scored 163.78. Dominican Skin at a League H got the number two rank at 174.34. Whoop, League H representing. Yeah, and the BFL League Y had the highest scorer of the league. Nice. Curligand scored 181.96. That's a, that, might, that might be one of the highest. We've that, had, I think, is one of the highest I've seen. All of we these the, leagues. We have uh, the lowest and the highest, baby, in the same week. <laughs> that's true. And uh, 
All thanks to I saw most of the most of the rosters, and all thanks to Patrick Mahomes, Derrick Henry, Christian Kirk. Ugh. All wow. all of these teams had one or multiple of them. Wow, very well done. Yeah, so uh, guys, keep up the good work. Keep it up. The bye weeks, I think, is over in about two weeks. Yep, almost there. Almost, almost there. time for the playoff push. That's it. Have a good week, guys. Good luck in week 11. This has been another episode of Speaking of Fantasy Football. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit at SOFF Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and we'll see you next week.